This is Life Change Church, Muskegon. What are you doing while you listen? Driving, mowing the lawn, folding the laundry, multitasking? We're so glad you're here. Subscribe and share this weekly podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, on iTunes, or at mylifechangechurch.tv. Join us in person Sunday mornings at 9.30 or 11.30, or catch us on Facebook Live. Here's Pastor Ron Rands. We're going to talk today about a subject that seems like a lot of people dread and uh, get nervous about, feel like they're ill-equipped for, and it's about the, uh, the idea of your life matters. In fact, I even termed this uh, message, you matter eternally. Your life matters eternally. And that, you know, uh, many of us don't grab onto the understanding of that because what happens is we, we belittle ourselves, we have misunderstandings about ourselves, um, we misunderstand the, the our course of our life and why and where we're living in life. Uh, we get so caught up in the cares of this world, caught up with trying to enjoy life or trying to, you know, create some form of peace in our life that we miss the purpose of why we're here on this crazy planet and in this time of life. But you matter eternally. And so I'm going to try to share with you in just a few more minutes um, how that works or even why it works. And uh, before I do that, I'm going to give you a little bit of a, um, kind of a moment I had this, uh, this morning with an attendant at the gas station. And uh, the gas station I always go to across the street. Um, they have my, you know, I, I like their coffee and I know that um, I'm, I used to be a real coffee connoisseur, so I, I understand really gourmet coffee. This isn't really gourmet coffee, um, but I like the coffee anyway. And I, I like their strong coffee with a little bit of creamer in it. Um, but point is, is uh, this morning, went in and, and I was trying to get my coffee cup before I left because uh, if I get, remember my coffee cup, it's a buck five. It's a refill price. And uh, believe it or not, I am uh, from Dutch blood. And if it's not, it's a buck 56. And I know I want to save that 50 some cents. But point is, is I, I remember grabbing my cup, or at least I thought I remember grabbing my cup. And then by the time I got to my car, uh, I couldn't find my cup. I thought, well, maybe I put it in the truck. I, you know, made sure the keys weren't in the truck, didn't lock it up, blah, blah, blah. And I couldn't find the dumb cup. And then I thought, wait a minute, I get a free cup of coffee anyway, because I've had it some, you know, you get 10 cups of coffee, then you get a free cup of coffee. I'm like, it's my free cup of coffee day today, you know, so it doesn't even matter if I have my fill or refill one or, and, and not. And so I'm driving in the gas station and you just got to know that, see, God orchestrates intersections because you matter eternally. You matter eternally. It isn't about the moment that you think you're getting your coffee. It isn't about the moment maybe you're getting fuel or whatever. You matter eternally. And so I noticed that the attendant that I usually talk to, um, he's outside. And he, you could see that he had been through something, whether it's, I don't know if it was an accident or whatever, but um, just small talk, right? That's what we start out with, small talk. And I go, hey, you know, and, um, and he goes, hey, Pastor Ron. He always knows me as Pastor Ron. And I said, man, I says, how you doing? He goes, well, and I can see he's limping as he's going in. I go, well, what happened to you, man? He goes, well, I was in an accident, motorcycle accident. Well, I'm glad you're really here, um, that you know you're okay. And again, just some small talk. And normally we have a little more talk because I go up to pay for my coffee, but it's free coffee day, right? And so God's still trying to make this intersection. Prompting. I, in fact, I'm probably even thinking that God had been prompting his heart 
you know, for some time to ask me what time services were. But because it's free coffee day, I'm not even going up to the, the, you know, the attendant. I'm walking out. Hey, it's free coffee day. So I'm walking out and some guy's opening the door. And, you know, honestly, today with COVID and everything else, nobody opens doors. And so I'm just like, you know, so thankful. Hey, man, thanks for opening the door. And he, he opens the door and he goes, do you know anything about the area? I said, well, I'm okay. I said, what, what's your question? He goes, I just want to see Lake Michigan. I want to find a great place to see Lake Michigan. I go, I know exactly where you want to go. You want to hit Duck Lake Road? Go left, go all the way to the end, hang a right. That's called scenic drive for a reason because it's going to be the greatest scene you're going to see in a moment. Drive right around the corner. It's a great place to park your car. You can look at Duck Lake Channel and everything else. Just a beautiful spot. He goes, thanks so much. And as he's about to close the door, I'm about to leave. All of a sudden, the attendant goes, Pastor Ron. I go, yeah. He goes, what's time of services today? See, I want to share this with you because so many times, and I'm learning something new and first of all, I'm learning a couple things in my personal walk with God. And you should always be learning, right? And one of them is, is holiness. And I'm not ready to preach that this morning um, on it. But just to kind of brief you a little bit, what God's shown me is that, you know, what God calls holy is holy. doesn't matter what you call it. It matters if God calls it holy, it's holy. And that's one of the things that, you know, it's so important to be in church because God calls church holy. This is a holy time, a holy presence and holy space that he calls holy. And that's why he does things that are great here, inside here, that he doesn't do as much outside of here. And then second of all, um, he calls his people holy. And whether you feel holy or not, he still calls you holy. You're in holiness to God means you're set apart. You're special. Okay? And so I'm recognizing it. And, you know, it doesn't matter how my day is going. doesn't matter really how my marriage is going or doesn't matter what, you know, my car is going. And I had a really weird thing this week. I had my, my truck, um, the caliper, front caliper just like fell off, you know, and started clunking all around the truck. And so then I, I have a, um, a great mechanic that usually works on it. And, and uh, so he's, he fixes it and he's the one that did the brakes. It was really his fault that it happened. And then I have it for like a week, and all of a sudden it's doing the same thing again. It's clunking around, and it's it's wrecking wheels. It's not even wrecking things, it's wrecking my truck, you know? And so I'm trying to keep this really good heart about it and everything, you know? And most of us can get really frustrated because I don't have the time to, to go through this. I really need the truck, that's why it's there, blah, blah, blah. Point of it is, is God always, sometimes, no, I would say many times, your frustration is an appointment to talk about Christ. So that's what it became, is another appointment. Back to the gas station, going over there, your frustration or your moment or even your coffee, your, your life matters eternally. And so many of us are so mindful of the moment. We're mindful of our coffee. We're mindful of our marriage or the frustrations we're going on, you know, currently or relationally or financially. We're just, we're so mindful of, we're not mindful of eternally. If you were eternally mindful, you would have the happiest smile on your face 24-7. I couldn't take the grin off your face. In fact, my son Nick, who went through the Navy, you know, a lot of times they try to teach you um, uh, about, um, they really want to teach you about authority. And somehow they think that if, you know, they can demonstrate that authority and that overpowering intimidation, they, they want to really, they want to be in charge. They want to know that, so Nick always has a smile on his face. I love that about that kid. He's always got that smile. And so they, they would, they, you know, they would look at Nick and try to get that smirk off his face. And, uh, and the sergeant would go, he says, get that, get that smirk off your face. 
He goes, sorry, Sergeant, I can't. It's permanently there. Of course, that'd just make him even want to do more push-ups and more running around over there. And then he goes, he'd still be running around doing push-ups and he'd crazy, have that crazy smirk on his face again. He says, get that smirk off your face. He says, I can't. He says, it's permanently there. You know, and of course, I mean, what they realize is after four years, that's who he is. Now, what if we had that because of eternally, we knew we win. See, I don't know what's going on in your personal life, but eternally, you're winning. If you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, you are in a winning path. You win. Amen? And so what happens so many times, so we're, because we're not mindful eternally, we're only mindful temporarily, we're just you know, we're, we're glooming and we're dooming and we're frustrated and we're thinking about things and we don't really realize it's because God wants us to know that we're winning in the end because when you're winning and you have that winning attitude in your heart, you can have a message because by the way, the gospel is good news. Well, if you're so full of bad news, how in the world is the gospel gonna be shared through your life? So that's what Satan knows. The devil knows that, so he's trying to wreck situations. You go, why is my life going through so many difficulties? And I'm sorry for those difficulties. I mean, that is what goes on in our culture. That is what goes on around you. But I'm going to tell you something. On the inside of you, the kingdom of God lives. And you win if you've accepted Jesus. And if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today is your lucky day, amen? And you can accept him. And guess what? You can be on the pathway of eternity and you... You're supposed to say win on that one. You, you win. Absolutely, you win. And you know what? That's the, the reason we should have so much joy in our heart, no matter what we go through, because we know eternally we win. Temporarily, though I may go through trials, though I may go through hurts and frustrations, temporarily I will not measure my life eternally I will measure my life. So if I measure my life eternally in the temporary, I can have joy. That's not of this world because it's not of this world. It's of the kingdom of God. I'm gonna read this passage to you found in Luke chapter 10. The Lord now chose 70 other disciples and sent them on ahead in pairs to all the towns and villages he planned to visit later. Isn't it interesting to think about that for a second? Because some of us here have this thought in our minds that, well, if Jesus shows up, that's all that matters. That's only. Yet Jesus said, I'm going to send 70 people ahead because they matter before I get there. I'll, let you, I'll just let that sink. Verse 2, these were his instructions to them. Plead with the Lord of the harvest to send out more laborers to help. For the harvest is so plentiful and the workers are so few. Go now and remember that I am sending you as lambs among wolves. Don't take any money with you or a beggar's bag or even an extra pair of shoes. Don't waste time along the way. Whenever you enter a home, give it your blessing. If it is worthy of the blessing, the blessing will stand. If not, the blessing will return. When you enter a village, don't shift around from home to home, but stay in one place, eating and drinking without question, whatever is set before you. And don't hesitate to accept Hospitality for the workman is worthy of his wages. Let's pray. Father, I ask by your Holy Spirit for understanding. I pray that we get lit up inside of our hearts, that we are eternally made from you and for you. Help us, Lord God, to be um, mindful. 
You said set our thoughts on things above. God, I pray that this message would just, um, Lord, be put in remembrance. So many things we need to think about, principles we need to think about you. But God, let this be in the forefront. Set our minds on things above. In Jesus' name. Now God's people said, amen. Number one in your study guides I have, God sends us out to reach your world. It's not my job. It's not the person next to you. It's our job. Let me give you some facts about your world, all right? Your neighborhood, your workplace, your friends, your family, the grocery store, Facebook. Romans 10 says this, because so many of us don't really realize how important you are and what your life matters to another. Reaching your rule facts, number two. All right, and before we go there, Romans chapter 10, verse 14. I'm sorry, please put that back up there again. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him, meaning Jesus, if they never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring the good news. So Jesus Christ, as you accept him, you, as your Lord and Savior, he lives in his presence of who he is, lives inside of our lives, and what he's longing to do is live that presence outside of your lives. So he wants to send you to your workplace. He wants to send you to your friends. In fact, let me give you some facts about reaching your world. Fact number one, every person in the church there are 20 people they have correspondence with all the time that need Jesus. There are 20 people that you have intersections with that need Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Fact two, people will be discouraged around you, confused, condemned, lonely, hurt, weak, vulnerable, hungry. And you know what? The Jesus that's in you, I may not have the answer that you need, but I know the person who does. His name is Jesus. I know who he is. And if I've had, there's many a times where I'm going, look, I don't know. In fact, I remember working at Steelcase and I, I was newly married. And I had met almost all these men in this, in this shop who had been married much longer than me and were much, un, you know, they were really unhappy. Unhappy in their marriages, unhappy in their life. And I'd come in there because I'm, I'm just, I'm measuring eternity, not on the outside, but on the inside. I mean, I'm going into a shop that's, you know, already first thing in six o'clock in the morning, it's already 92 degrees in there. And it's going to get hotter by the day. And I'm going to work a spot welder and I'm going to be paid by piecework. I'm not paid by going slow. I'm paid by sweating out. I got, sh- I got t-shirt on all the time. And I got literally spot welds got holes inside of there because the weld sparks hit the shirt and burn the shirt through. I don't care because I'm making 16, 17 bucks an hour. I'm going to go home. I'm thankful for my job. And all these people in the workshop, they looking at me like there's something wrong with me. Like I'm possessed with happiness. I am. Because Jesus is living in my heart. I'm listening to tapes about, you know what, from church. I'm, you know, I've got praise music going on. Every moment, I'm just, you know what, I'm getting filled. And they're sitting there. And they go to church. They got Bibles. Sometimes they even had Bibles by their workstation. But they're just always just grumpy and cranky. And you know what, they began to start asking questions. And you know what their answer, I go, I said, they would go, 
well, how can you be so happy? Well, how can I not be so happy? There's a better question. How can I know that I am going to win? Jesus is alive in my heart. I have a great marriage, not because I'm a greatly, great man. I have a great marriage because we had a covenant with Jesus and he is in the forefront. I'm married for 35 years and it keeps on getting better. Why? Not because I'm smart enough to do it, not because my wife's smart enough to do it, but because Jesus is the one we're aiming at and the more we aim at him, the more you want, and the longer we know him, the better the whole marriage gets to be. And so many times we're just not gonna get tied up with all the frustration. Sure, I frustrate her. Sure, she frustrates me. We're not gonna get caught up in that because eternity matters and our life matters eternally how you represent your life really matters what you really believe about who you are inside do you believe that your life matters do you believe that your matter your life matters eternally do you know how great jesus is inside of your life do you know that god calls you holy well, pastor, you just don't know what I've been thinking about, what I've been doing. It doesn't matter what you're thinking and what you've been doing. It matters what God calls us holy. And if God calls you holy, see, here's the thing. If Satan can get you dreaming and thinking and imagining all the wrong things, that's what you aim at. In fact, I was, uh, in fact, uh, Pastor Jenna's been saying if you bring the most kids, that one of the prizes can be flyboarding. Well, that's my business, and, and I do flyboarding. What flyboarding is, is, is you have a, a 165 horse uh, uh, Sea-Doo, basically, it's a Kawasaki, and you have a hose that goes off the back of that, that machine, pushing water. And that water gets pushed through an 80-foot hose, and it's, and it's tied to what you call, like a, it almost looks like a wakeboard thing underneath you, but it's got holes underneath it, and it shoots water. And you guessed it, you're going to fly up. Now, we can fly you 40, 50 feet up in the air if we want. We won't. But if you were really good at it, we could. All right? Or we can just fly you just a couple of feet, whatever you feel comfortable about. And then you can start, you can feel like you're Iron Man or Iron Woman, whatever you want to do. Okay? Point of it is, is that the thing is, is I was teaching another, you know, uh, uh, my, my son's girlfriend, Sarah, I was teaching her how to do it. And I've never, never been not be able to teach somebody. Because it's not how, literally, it's not how quick you do it. It's all it is, is basically it's the driver building confidence and telling the person who's learning where to look. Don't get your eyes in the water, get your eyes in the horizon. You look at the water, you aim at the water. You look at the water, you aim at the water, you fall. Get your eyes in the horizon. Well, you know it's the same thing about heaven. If all you got is your eyes on your troubles and your situation, well, that's all you're gonna be in. You're gonna be sinking and sinking and sinking in. You get your eyes on heaven, you're gonna live out heaven. That's why the Bible says, set your mind on things above. Set your thoughts on things above. You see, when some people come in, well, you don't know what's going on in my life. You don't know what's going on in my life. I got some crazy going on in my life, but that's not where I set my mind on. It doesn't mean it's not arrows being shot at me 24-7. That's not where I'm going to set my mind on. Because God tells me very clearly, if you want to live a holy life, set your mind on things above above. Number three, God is sending you right where you live. John 6, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up in the last day. You know, some of us get so frustrated with, you know, working a night shift or working a day shift, working a third shift, or, or, or jumping jobs. Do you realize that at this point, God does not really care about how much money you make, or what kind of house you live in, or what kind of car that you drive. 
Because your life matters eternally. Are you taking that car or that house with you? Well, no, Pastor Ron. Well, then why in the world does that matter? Because what matters eternally is you. And that's what God really thinks about. Now, can God bless you? And I, I loved what you know, Pastor Mark says. God will bless you. But that, what matters most is eternally what's going on in your life. So I can remember where God would move my wife to a different shift or move me to a different shift because I really believe that God wanted us to preach to a different shift. So if I went on second shift, I didn't act like everybody else. I didn't sit I didn't do that. I went, all right, God, I'm on a different shift. So different people means different faces. Good news. We can share Jesus Christ with the second shift. And you know what? And I believe that when if we get, if the whole second shift can get saved, well, maybe God will move me to the first shift. You know, but the point of it was, it wasn't like the whole world, everybody complained, well, I don't want to be honest, blah, 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 blah. That's exactly what everybody else in the world does. Well, guess what? Eternally, whether I'm on the second shift, third shift, you know, no shift, I win. Eternally, I win. And I don't have my eyes on the things that are of this world. I have my eyes eternally set. Number four, how, can you see the door of opportunity? Acts 14, 27. On arriving there, they gathered the church together and reported all that God had done through them and how he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. Do you know that God wants to open doors in your workplace? He wants to open doors in your neighborhood. Maybe the apartment next door. Maybe the, the gas station where you always get fuel. And one of the things I'm learning about, uh, in fact, I shared with a couple things I was learning. One is on holiness. The other thing I'm learning is that God doesn't think linear. God thinks cyclical. And you know, I'm a linear thinker. I've been raised here in America. You know, A, B, C, D. And then what comes after D? E, right? God goes A, B, C, D, C, B, A, B, C, D, C, B, A. It's cyclical. And that's how God works. That's how the Jews think. That's how the Bible was written. And so for me, being a linear thinking, in fact, I've learned this through the book of Revelation. I've been learning on this, this new teacher. He says, you can sit there and you think, all right, we got 21 chapters in this the whole book. In uh, uh, chapter one, I'm going to learn a little bit, you know, kind of get the, the forefront of what's going on. And by chapter 21, the end's there. He says, yet seven different times in the book of Revelation, the world ends. Seven different times in the book. That's going to destroy you linear thinking people like me. You're like, okay, by chapter four, it's already ended. Well, what is chapter five going to talk about? If chapter four, it's already ended. And then all of a sudden, chapter 5 starts talking about it. And then all of a sudden, it ends by chapter 11 again. You're like, what the? What is, you are, this book is crazy. No, you are. You're not thinking cyclical like God is. And that's why God says, line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. Now watch this in a cyclical mind. In a linear mind, this is what you do. Well, I told them about Jesus yesterday. They didn't repent and get saved the next day, so I'm not talking about it again. 
They just rejected me. A cyclical person goes, I talked to him about Jesus because that's the right thing to do because eternity is inside of me. How can I not talk about him? Because eternity is inside of me. And you know what? On Tuesday, they rejected it. On Wednesday, I talked about Jesus again because that's what's inside of me. And I can't really think about anything else. I just want to talk about Jesus. So I talked about Jesus. And on Thursday, they told me to, you know, where to go. And you know what? And then Friday, I just talked about Jesus because that's who I am and that's what I want to do because that's just what's inside of me. And that's who I'm going to be. And you know what? And on Monday, and all of a sudden, you just keep on doing it because see you're not linear thinking goes I quit I'm not virtue I'm never talking about Jesus that person again that person just never gonna get it no wonder God says judge nothing before it's time because you God's not linear he doesn't finish that way he's cyclical so the season isn't over until they're actually so God wants you to talk about Jesus again talk about Jesus again I've been talking about Jesus and showing Jesus to this young man for two years over at that gas station God is not linear, he's cyclical. And so season after season, it's not my job to make it grow, it's my job to sow. Can any of you make any seed grow? No. But every one of you can sow seed. None of you can make it grow. Your job is to sow, God's job is it to grow it. So what we need to do is, we gotta get, I'm telling you, this thing has changed my life. This cyclical thing versus linear, has changed my thought process. Because see, linear thinkers, they get frustrated because it just is it's not working out the way it should. They're not responding the way, I mean, you can do the same thing with your marriage. You can do the same thing with your child. And you can get, but you just get all beat up and wrapped up and frustrated. But all of a sudden, you realize that God cyclically works through His process. Number five, called to be a blessing, not a critic. God never works through criticism. He doesn't work through criticism. Satan does. Okay, and so many times, and again. We get caught up with criticism, and the reason we become a critic a lot of times is because we don't want, we, we feel guilty because something didn't work. So if somebody doesn't respond, or, or a relationship doesn't go the way we thought it should go, or, or whatever doesn't happen, it doesn't go in the direction we'd like it to go, so we criticize. God doesn't want you to criticize. In fact, he wants you to bless. The Bible says, bless those who curse you. By the way, do you know what, what uh, criticism really is? It's to speak poor of somebody, right? Isn't it, would we all agree that criticism is to speak poor of? Do you know what the definition in the Greek of curse is? Is to speak poor of. To curse somebody is to speak poor of. So every time I criticize somebody, I'm cursing them. No, I'm not, Pastor. I'm criticizing. Well, that's not biblical interpretation. The biblical interpretation means you're cursing them. You're criticizing. So God says we should bless those who curse us. So we should be speaking well of those who speak poor of us. That's not easy, is it? Well, I didn't ask if it was easy. What you can do, all things are possible in God. That's why it's, it's, if those who think eternally can get, get a hold of this. But if you're thinking temporarily, no, you're just gonna protect yourself. But if you're thinking eternally, I have had some of the greatest situations. I've had some people just be so malicious to me, 
so evil and hateful toward me personally. And then years later, because of my not malicious, my blessing response, come back to me and go, you know what? Because of your response to my malicious ways made me believe in a God, you know, that there's really a God that's alive today. Literally, that's exactly what they said. Because you responded not with malicious back. You, when I was malicious to you and mean to you and accusatory to you, you responded with love and understanding. Number six, do you know this may be the crossroad? Their only crossroad, last one that they have. I, don't, I have my own examples of this, but I want to give you an example of it uh, from a friend of mine. I just had it this week. And, uh, but before I get there, the, a great passage for you to read in your own study is Luke 23. Jesus is on the cross. Now let's think about it. He's been beaten. He's been spit upon. He's been, uh, now he's being, you know, he's got nails in his hands and his feet. He's gasping for breath. And yet in the space of all that pain, he can still look at one of the, the ones that of the hanging next to him the thieves on the cross, and still preach good news. Because Jesus knew his life mattered eternally. Even through all their pain, even no matter what you're going through, whatever your experience you can, his crossroad, he still made a difference. He says, today your life will be with me in paradise. Well, I want to give an example. Uh, this week, I had a friend of mine that's... Um, who really, his son went through a real bad deal. His son had helped start, uh, I think, four or five churches. One in, and started, he actually was, went to Hillsong, uh, got trained underneath Pastor Brian um, from Hillsong, uh, came over to the States, uh, helped start a church in New York, helped start a church um, in, uh, I'm trying to think of the, I can't remember the particular city, um, I know one was in Atlanta. I believe another one in Florida. And then he finally started a church, his own church in Dallas. And, and he actually started some in California. And so anyway, um, what had happened through the course of events, um, one of the uh, pastors in New York um, was uh, you know, caught with infidelity. And of course, the whole church is um, being attacked through all of it. And in the same space of time, He's in this, his new work in Dallas, and what went on is uh, he began to want to step back. And because of what happened in um, New York, automatically the media said, hey, man caught with infidelity in, uh, in New York, other pastor from Dallas steps down. And they joined them together, and they had nothing to do with each other. And so he's discouraged. He's, he's spent all these years, he's spent the last almost 15 years giving his life to Jesus, giving his life to the ministry, and feels like he just got kicked in the butt. And his dad, who's been in the ministry much longer, uh, even longer than I have, just said, son, your life matters eternally. Remember the faces. Remember the lives in Dallas. Remember the lives in California. Remember the lives in Florida. Remember the lives in New York. See, your life matters eternally. And for a moment, 
temporarily this man's going through hell. And he's even going to move out, uh, go back to, you know, his geographic area is going to change. So his whole life is being turned upside down. But his life matters, can I say it with me, eternally. Now maybe you're not going to go to Australia. Maybe you're not going to go to Florida or California or Dallas. But you are going somewhere tomorrow. You are going somewhere today. And you're an eternal being walking in the space of somebody else's life who eternally doesn't know Jesus. And your life matters to them. And see, they're going to read. They're not, if they were reading about Jesus, you know, they'd probably be, have a lot more joy in their heart. But they're not. They're reading their temporary life. They're frustrated, they're discouraged, they're angry, they're mad at this world, they're mad at their ex-spouse, they're mad at their boss, they're mad at, you know, the politicians, they're mad at all these other things. And don't get caught up in that nonsense because that doesn't matter eternally. Just maybe you need to listen, maybe you need to listen to stuff you don't even want to listen to. Wait for that space, a moment, and say, you know what, can I just share Jesus with you? He goes, what is he going to do? What what is he ever going to do? How is he going to change my life? I says, I don't really know how he's going to change your, your circumstances outside your life. My experience is this. God takes care of the inside. He helps you take care of the outside. So right now, you're letting your outside get really loud on the inside, and you're miserable. I'm not miserable. My outside can be pretty crazy at times, let me tell you. But can you, can you embrace him on in the inside of your life? And then he'll assist you with your outside. Could you please bow your heads, close your eyes? I want to pray a prayer. It's a prayer of surrender. And I believe that all of us, including myself, need to continually pray this place of surrender. So I want you to pray it with me. And if this is the first time you've prayed it, or maybe you're having a recommit in your life, when service is over, please take a moment and tell somebody that you just accepted Jesus, or maybe you had a recommitment. Testify what Jesus is doing on the inside, on the outside. The more you testify what goes on the inside, the more power your life will be on the outside pray this prayer with me say Father God come on church family Father God in Jesus name I accept that Jesus died on the cross for my sins and I accept his forgiveness Lord Jesus I'm all yours in Jesus name Amen Let's stand up and let's worship our King today. If you liked this message, we want you to share it. Subscribe to more podcasts through mylifechangechurch.tv. Get involved. Ask for prayer. Share your story. Go to mylifechangechurch.tv. I'm Karma Adams, producer. We'll see you next week.